0: lock us in load us in pop in that a track spin the tape here we go Hey everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. And yes, it is the Star Wars Time Show proper. It's Friday night. Although when you're listening to it, it may be Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon. It doesn't fucking matter. All that matters is that Nick and Matt and Pete, some he's somewhere. By the way, he got saw by a vet and he's not as close to death as I have foreseen. So just like Palpatine. My Force powers are kind of fucking with my future predictions. <laughs> Anyways, we're here to do what we do on a Friday night Star Wars Time Show. And that is to tackle the fandom of Star Wars. That's where we get into our top five Star Wars artist features. You know, that's kind of what we do on Instagram, if you follow us, at Star Wars Time Show. Every week, we're rolling out at least four, five, six new uh, featured shots a day. And these shots come from people that are either tagging us at Star Wars Time Show or or hashtagging Star Wars Time Show. Or just when yours truly find something that I think looks badass, I'll share it. Because we're that we're we're that type of guy. We're that type of people. We love you. We love Star Wars. We love Star Wars fans. We love people that love Star Wars. All right, Nick, so uh, let's get right into it. I mean, we have some topics to get into outside of our fandom segment. I mean, there's still nothing major. Episode 9 that's been revealed. Yes, this is the eve of May the 4th Be With You, which is kind of a bummer. I mean, the timing isn't great for when we record to when the cast comes out. So maybe something will come out tomorrow. If it does, we'll make sure to capture it on our special topics cast, which we usually record on Tuesday nights. But, buddy... I shared them all week long, and you do your job on Fridays, and that is whittling down the weekly shares to your five favorite, which, again, all of the shares we put out on Star Wars Time Show, hashtag Star Wars Time Show, are badass. We just like to highlight the most badass, or the ones that at least appeal to my buddy Nick. So, Nick, go ahead, and let's kick off our... Top five Instagram Star Wars Artist Shares of the Week.
1: Yep. So, as most of you know, if you're a true Star Wars fan, you've definitely heard this. We had some rough news this week. Peter Mayhew, the the person behind Chewbacca, the life essence of Chewbacca from the original trilogy, even in the prequel trilogy, and even flowing into The Force Awakens, you know, passed away. He was 74 years old and obviously... Peter has had health problems for a long time. He's a very, very big man. If you've ever seen him in person, I think he's seven six or he was seven six and he's just a massive, massive human being and he had a massive being heart.
0: super tall is not
2: healthy.
1: It's not. Like eventually your body just can't take the strain. It can't take the 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 you know muscle and the and the energy needed to to keep yourself upright. And you know he he succumbed to his age and his his health problems. So in this week's top five, we have tribute shots in here for for our Mr. Mayhew, for our Chewbacca, and and you know we know that that Jonas is here holding the torch for Chewbacca, but the original is Peter Mayhew, right. and we need to pay right. tribute to this man.
0: And and yeah, and and Eunice, however the fuck you want to say his name, Jonas. He'll be the first one to admit. I mean, there is no Chewbacca without Peter. So, yeah, as Nick said, I mean, the the the, the toy photography community, as expected, responded in droves to Peter's passing. Which, which, by the way, uh, based on what we're recording, was you know less than twenty four hours ago, and we we already got an amazing response from the toy photography photography community so as Nick said he's highlighted some of those as I tried to share um, today actually the day of our recording so go ahead buddy who's
1: number one here number one here we have Star Wars underscore Rick with a beautiful tribute to Chewie we have the entire cast the entire main cast of the original trilogy here and the, the the shot depicts Han and Chewie in an embrace but then you have the rest of the family here around them. You know, Leia kind of putting her hand on Han's uh, arm. You also have Luke in the background. This is farm boy. Luke. This is original episode Four Luke um, also touching uh chewy shoulder. And then you have on the outside, you have C3PO and R2D2 again, like, you know, these types of shots, especially in the moment that we're in now, they're very touching. They're very uh, filled with emotion. And I think you know, the the captions of all of these Chewbacca shots really speak volumes. I mean, even if it's only a few words like Star Wars, Rick here, his original caption was just so long, old friend. And I mean, for, you know, we, we've heard that line spoken in Star Wars before. So using it in this context is, is, is perfect and it's poignant. Um, really enjoy the shot. And in the background, you can see that they are standing in front of the Falcon. It looks like we're in. Is this Echo Base? I think it looks like kind of like Echo Base. This honestly, Nick, I believe this
0: looks like a shot, or even the matte painting that was used in Return of the Jedi. Okay, you know when when Han and Lando are kind of talking about "Don't fuck up the Falcon." Bro. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Uh-huh.
0: That, that's my guess. I mean, clearly, as Nick kind of was hinting at here, this is a. What I like to call a digi rama shot. I mean, I don't know if work more or less coined that term, but that's what it is. Digi rama again is where you use a digital background for your photography, uh, and the trick here, as Star Wars Rick has figured out, is is being able to capture your figures with this digital background while also making the scale kind of make sense. I mean, it is kind of difficult when you're using a a picture that you download or something that doesn't is isn't quite in the real world and you're trying to pair it up with stuff that is in the real world it's tough to get that scale but I think Star Wars Rick kind of nailed that here and he's also using uh, Nick you probably didn't notice it because again you don't waste all your money on this shit <laughs> not that I'm saying buying toys is a waste it's obviously not because I spend a lot of money on it but you know Nick doesn't quite get figure lines this, set and the other thing but these are uh sh figure arts buddy so these come straight from japan and these are going to be running people at least in the states upwards of 60 to 80 dollars per figure uh and as you see i at least i hope you see i mean the the details in these figures compared to even the very very good looking hasbro black series figures you're still not getting the level of facial sculpts that you're getting in these figure arts, and that's why people like me will overpay and, and drop 70 bucks on one of
1: these Yeah, bad boys. I could tell like immediately looking at these figures, you know, Han's face, Luke's face, yeah, even the detail in the hair is very, it's very... heads and above. I mean, yeah. and what, what Hasbro's done with the uh, photoreal
0: technology is amazing. I mean, again, we're talking a $20 figure that looks pretty fucking close to the likeness of the actor versus a $60 to $100 figure when we're talking S.H. figure arts, But even just the the, the sculpt and the paint is still, in my opinion, and it should be. I mean, you pay for what you get. That is a legit saying. It does make complete sense. It rings true in every aspect of life, especially in collecting. So if I'm going to spend $80 on a figure, yes, I should get one that looks heads and tails above a $20 figure, Again, those twenty dollars figures these days are still looking pretty fucking
1: good. They do, they do. But excellent shot here, excellent yeah. composition. Good Job, Rick. Yeah, way to go. At good, Star DigiRama, Wars. good,
0: good posing. Really, it, 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 to me, the reason I initially shared this, it's the I felt it was a good use of DigiRama, but also the pose. And, yeah. And to me, posing is is everything, and it's something I've I've talked about. It's my biggest struggle is posing. So when I see great poses. That just kind of brings the emotion out in these static, lifeless figures.
1: Absolutely, you can you can kind of feel you know this this shot and then of the course. emotion it brings. Yeah, of here. course. So well done at Star Wars underscore Rick on Instagram. Good Star job, buddy. Wars, Rick. Next up, we have you know we have the Chewie shots sprinkled in here, but I also wanted to put some you know some non Chewbacca, non tribute shots in here. So the first one that is a non Chewie shot is from. Josh Delef at Josh Delef on Instagram and this is a this is a fantastic shot. I mean it really pops what we have here is a clone this is a, 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 it's a custom clone
0: trooper. Yep. Uh it looks like a a Gen 3 clone trooper, so a Rot's trooper. I mean as you're getting closer to the helmet where you've had the you know how the the original clones, Nick, right? I mean, their their eye slits and nose slits all were kind of one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as we shifted towards the stormtrooper look, the eyes started to kind of get their own separate slots, and the nose piece. And to me, what Josh did here, I believe he's using. A Commander Cody figure is the base, and he repainted it red, and I'm I'm gonna throw it out there, and if he does listen, hopefully we get some clarity, so Josh, when we tag you, surprise, we love your work, maybe you'll comment if you're listening, but I'm also thinking that black cape on him,
1: Nick, comes from a Kylo Ren figure. That actually, yeah, now that you mention that, the way that it kind of leans heavily to the right shoulder and is off of the left... Um, yeah, that does look like the the cape that, that I've seen on Kylo right. figures. But I, I
0: love customs and again, I mean he, he i believe this is a Cody custom or he at least ripped the visor off of a Cody and super glued it onto another clone clone figure, but I, I just You're not only getting a good picture here, but again, you're getting the extra creativity in building the custom. I mean, he he had to do the paint. He had to do the uh, kit bashing if he is indeed using Kylo's cape. Or uh Cody's visor. So it's just fun stuff. I mean, as far as I'll dive into this type of stuff is weathering a figure, and I just half ass it and throw on some shoe polish and wipe it off and I'm just like, hey, look what I did. <laughs> this type of stuff to me, I mean, this is art within art.
1: Yeah, the the weathering and and especially within the, the environment that he has this trooper in, you know, walking through almost kind of like a marsh or a swampland. You can see rocks all around. It's almost It almost looks like a hot spring of sorts because you can see yeah, yeah, steam. Yeah, yeah dude. I mean, image. pure
0: outdoor photography is always going to be my preferred way. I, I have gotten used to, and I do love shooting, and this is air quotes, big time people in a studio, a.k.a. my basement. Uh, but when it comes down to me, if I can get some solid natural light, uh, with some practical effects out there in nature any day I mean any day I would be I'd prefer to do that over indoor stuff and Josh's shot here kind of is the reason why I, I just I I love organic lifelike outdoor shots
1: yeah this is beautiful fantastic shot here at jo- Josh Delef on Instagram well done sir next up. We have another Chewy shot, and this one is from 1-6 Shooter. Definitely a returning top five oh, member. Yeah. This,
0: is a, this is one of the, the pimps of the toy photography community. Uh, Trevor, a.k.a. 1-6 Shooter. This is a guy that won essentially the overall I'm a Mac Daddy Star Wars fan awards in 2018 with his recreation of the A New Hope poster with action figures. And this is kind of what he's done here in this shot, Nick, because I believe... This is a recreation of an actual shot for, say, a big-time magazine back in the 70s or 80s. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost positive this is a legit recreation. Either way, these are one-six hot Toys Star Wars figures, and it's his commemoration to chewbacca
1: yeah and it's you know these these figures in particular even in comparison to the figure arts like the the quality of the figure the quality oh, yeah, bro. of the these, face these are the ones
0: where I, i'm telling you like oh yeah um the reason i have a heart, i get heartburn when i spend 20 bucks on Swago is because i spend two thousand dollars a year on star wars barbies <laughs> these are the star wars barbies i mean each figure here buddy two hundred
1: dollar minimum
0: Whew. minimum $200 Chewbacca's probably 300
1: plus. Yeah. I mean, if you look at this Chewie figure, I mean, I'm sure people listen to this
0: fantastic. Yeah. He he, he even comes with a fucking comb because it's all real hair. Yeah. It's,
1: this is real hair. You know, the, the shot, the fantastic shot from star Wars, Rick. And the first one was, you know, all a plastic sculpt. This is actual, like Chewbacca is made out of real hair. And just, I don't know the way that, that one six recreated the shot the the fact that he went with a black and white uh, filter for this it just makes it feel so poignant it makes it feel like this is this is pulling straight from the 1970s and the fact that these figures are the hot toys super expensive figures it, it's almost like you're not even looking at toys it's it's like you're looking oh, yeah. at actual human beings here in this in this image and. Um that just goes, 100%. the quality of his work is always top-notch. Matt got to speak to him a little bit when we were at Star Wars Celebration, met up with him at a brewery, so... Oh, I didn't just speak with him. I even gave him a hug. Gave him a hug. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's how we are. That's how we <laughs> are in
0: the toy photography community. We're, we're all a bunch of a happy, uh, lovey-dovey group here. I mean, we're, we're all about hugs, not drugs.
2: Yeah. Well...
0: I don't know about that well, maybe maybe <laughs> hugs and drugs yeah maybe a little mix drugs and hugs and booze and whatever <laughs> whatever else but yeah bring it on but either way i mean trevor's i mean he's a fucking pimp yeah when it, when it comes to shooting one six scale figures the guy does it professionally and it shows and in this shot again i mean he even clarified this is this is a three-year-old shot i mean i still think it looks exquisite uh, but the guy's talents and skills have obviously in, in increased and have been enhanced since then. So his, his 2019 work is even better looking than the awesome stuff he was putting out in 2016. So, more of the story is, people, follow at 1 6 shooter. Definitely.
1: Next up, th- this shot, when, you know, I I read the so caption brother from told another monitor, right here, from, from Bud Futu. Is just incredible when you think about all of the work that went into it. So what we have here is a shot of Banthas and then also the Sand People or the Tusken Raiders that are accompanying them. But what Matt, what you filled me in on is that these um, these Banthas are handmade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: you, you don't buy these at a store, Nick. These aren't like where we we could go out and buy Emphis Nest with her swoop bike combo. Yeah. I mean, Bud Futu, aka Jay Haywood, and the only reason I know that is because his last name is the same as mine. It's spelled the same way. So I feel like somehow we're related. Through the force. Somewhere at some point in time, our ancestors banged and (laughs) exchanged goo. It's possible. Alright? I mean, it shows. I mean, the guy loves Star Wars. He likes taking pictures of Star Wars. I mean, hello! There's some common themes going on here. It's called the Haywood, just like the Rise of Skywalker. We're talking the Rise of Haywood. It's the same shit. Hell yeah. The, it, 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 Either way, Jay Jay in the community is, is considered to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, diorama creator. Uh, he can clearly also create his own custom figures because these Banthas are insane. Uh, and the sand people, I mean, they look that good, just because Hasbro made them look that good. I mean, they, they these are fantastic Hasbro figures.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this almost looks like you know a scene from a movie that we haven't oh, yeah. seen I mean, it's, yet, it's, and that's
0: what Jay goes for, and that's why he makes his dios look so realistic, is because he faithfully, 100%. I mean, my challenge to get some pictures showed at the Hasbro booth for Star Wars Celebration nineteen was to recreate scenes. And I I took a lot of artistic license to do so. Jay literally recreates scenes to a fucking T, like down to the last light ray, speck of dust, uh, random fucking background item. Jay will get it built into his dioramas.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful... Fantastic shot. Bud food too. check him out. Yeah, it's a Give great a follow.
0: Five. You will not be disappointed. So does I he mean, also
1: he likes... sell his dioramas? Yes.
0: Okay. Yes, I believe his his um, sale account, like if you're interested in shit that he makes it, it, or getting commissions is Blue Harvest Studios?
1: Yeah, Blue. It's Blue Harvest Dios. Blue Harvest Dios. So, so there Okay. You go. Yeah, there you go. All right. Yep. So Jay, I mean, you, you can pay us whenever you
0: want. Just yeah. send the check. In the
1: free, free advertising. Right. <laughs> you got it,
0: buddy. We got your back, but we
1: do require a bit of commission. Yep. Um, last shot here is another, um, another kind of it's a new account i like this i I like finding
0: new accounts and i also like finding new accounts that nick zeroes in on for his top five
1: yeah so i mean the the, well so the account is abraham it's kind of a weird instagram handle so it's at abraham dot 98 underscore so the underscore is the last part of it and it's another tribute shot to chewbacca and peter mayhew but what's beautiful about this is that the shot is actually a trio of of tributes because you have Peter Mayhew who exactly. has passed recently. You have Carrie Fisher's character, and you have R two D two who was played by Kenny Baker. All three of these characters, you know, real life, you know, actors well, I mean, or uh, actresses uh, oh. have passed. We technically,
0: in the original trilogy, we had the big six. Yes, right. You had the droids. You had Leia, Han, Luke, and Chewie. Yep. You could argue Obi-Wan may should be counted, but I don't think so. I think I you mean, might he, throw Billy D in there, too. You might throw Lando. Possibly, but for all intents and purposes, when we're talking the trilogy, it's the big six. Yes. I mean, Lando came in halfway through the second movie. Obi-Wan died, you know, three quarters, two thirds of the way into the first movie. So really, when you think about the OT, the characters you're thinking about are the droids, Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie. So what this picture captures are the three departed actors and actresses out of that big six. So it's Peter, it's Carrie, and it's Kenny.
1: Yeah, and I thought that that was beautiful. And you can see the remaining three. In the foreground. Being
0: Han, 3PO, and Luke kind of watching them walk out into the light.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not a complicated shot. It's just a white a white room, a white foreground and background and it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean this to me honestly Nick is is my the
0: the favorite tribute I saw uh last night and today. And yeah. that, that's why I made it here.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a very emotional shot. You don't even see yeah. anybody's face. You just see nope. them walking into the light as it's, you said, so. It's just a it's
0: it's just a well-done composition. I mean the the, the poses are on, the idea is perfect. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, And it was just it was just executed very well. So it's a great it's a great touching homage to three of the big six who have moved on to the
1: force. Indeed. So at Abraham period dot ninety eight underscore is the account to follow. If you want to follow any of these accounts that we went over today, make sure to jump into our top five Instagram picks of the week. On starwarstime.net they're all linked there you can follow them directly from the post so make sure to get in there and do that and also if you want to be featured on the Star Wars Time show top five make sure to use the hashtag Star Wars time show we see them coming through Matt you've been tracking it and you're you're you said today they're picking up we see organic tags of Star Wars time yeah, show we're almost
0: at 1100. Uh, uses of the hashtag you know, pound sign star wars time show a lot of those have been me my personal account at haywood pop or just anytime i share i always add the star wars time show but there's been a noticeable uptick in organic uses of the tag as well as just straight up tagging our account and we love it we're on it we're looking i try to at least comment and like every shot just for you taking the time to to tag us, I will give you at least that. It doesn't mean you're going to make the the features or Nick's top five, but... We see you. We see good. you yes, for sure. Yes, exactly. You're, you're on our
1: radar, if anything else. Yeah, we appreciate all the tags out there. And then follow us at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. All right, so we've been talking about it for a little bit now. Peter Mayhew's passing. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that... When I saw it yesterday and you posted it in, you know, in the channel and our Slack channel, I kind of like I was reading the message and I was sitting on my couch and like my girlfriend was sitting right across from me. And I was like awestruck and like I could I didn't have words like, I you know, reading that. And, you know, the same thing well, hey, happened dude, with the Carrie. first
0: the, the first word I got was from Ryan, the intern. He's like, damn, Chewy. And at first I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then, and then I was like, what could this mean? And I said, I believe my reply to him was like, what happened? And then it hit me as soon as I was like, oh, shit. And I just typed him, Peter. Yeah. And that's when he's like, yeah, man. I was like, oh, that's a bummer.
1: Yeah. That it, it's, it's one of those things that as Star Wars fans and as Star Wars fans that are in kind of, you know, Matt's a little bit older than me. We're both in our 30s. But, like, in the age range that we are now, like, we have to – come to grips with the fact that a lot of these icons to us a lot of these these legends from the original trilogy are, are at the age to where you know this starts happening like we saw it with Kenny we saw it with uh, Carrie and now we see it with pa- with Peter and I don't think it, it gets any easier regardless of your thoughts on you know whose character was cooler or, or you know whose character played a more significant role in the movie or anything like that seeing, somebody that you grew up watching and, and, you know, brought Star Wars to life for you is always going to be difficult. And, um, you know, so I I wanted to take a moment to just kind of point out maybe, you know, maybe we could list off, you know, what our favorite Chewbacca moment is for each of us from the original trilogy. And, um, you know, just, just kind of talk about like what, like, when you first saw Star Wars, or you, like, you know, when you got into it, like, did Chewie... What was what were your thoughts on Chewie? Did he have, like, a significant, you know, place for you? I, I, it's tough
0: when, literally, I can't remember. Like, I've been into Star Wars so long, I honestly can't remember when I got into it. Yeah. So, I can't really give you my initial reactions to Chewbacca outside of I've always felt like he's been a part of my family. I mean, it's just... Anything OT, Nick, has always felt a part of my life. I don't know how else to explain it. I mean, it's just... I've I've not known a life without Chewbacca or Han or Leia or Luke or Obi. I mean, it just pretty much... I guess I'm seeing it through my own kid growing up now and the way she's taken to it uh, without me even forcing it down her throat. Like, she just genuinely loves it. I mean, tonight... As soon as she got home from daycare, the first thing she said, because she knew we're going into the weekend, was, Daddy, can I watch Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> it almost makes me cry now just thinking about it. But it's it, it, it plays into what I'm trying to say, uh, trying to answer your question. I just, I've just i known Peter Mayhew's Chewbacca since I've known my own existence. Yeah. So while I'm not someone that's going to lament and get all depressed because a celebrity died, because in the end, they're a fucking celebrity. I mean, we have real-life heroes dying every second that never get recognized, don't get nearly the accolades and, and admiration that someone like Peter would get just for playing a character in a movie. But being a fan of Star Wars, of course, it is sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess when you're asking like, what are some of the moments that stand out to me? I mean, uh, I think one of the biggest moments that stand out was I always knew that Chewbacca was the better half of the Han and Chewie relationship. Chewbacca was the good guy. Chewbacca was the one that kept Han honest. And that was showcased in, in a moment that to this day still stands out to me. And that's when Han... Rejects Luke's plea to help the rebellion, and Chewie. Even though we don't know, we don't know shit of what has ever said, but you know what he says. You guys know what I'm talking about. Chewie in that Yavin Masasi Temple hangar literally says to Han, at least what I've thought after Han rejects Luke. Like, you're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's Chewie to me. Like Chewie's always been the kind of the foil to Han, the the one to check Han's ego, to check Han's you know distractions into paying debts and saving himself. Chewie's the one I think that has always kind of push Han to do what's the right thing for everyone versus what's the right thing for Han Solo.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect moment to encapsulate like who that character is and, and what he meant, not only to, to yeah, I Han. Mean, Chewie made Han a
0: better person. Yeah. Plain and simple.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he was he was need, like Han needed him. If, if, if Chewbacca wasn't there, Han probably would have either been dead or far into some crime syndicate that, you know, he, he couldn't get his way out of. But, you know. Chewbacca was that character, was that that light side to his kind of more scoundrelish ways that saved him from, you know, a, a tougher life. And you know, since you went, you know, with the emotional moment, I think like I, I'll call out three, and one of them actually is going to come from one of the newer films. I think that in the the, the part in the newer film, it was Peter Mayhew playing him. Um, so what? my first one was is it's just, I love when Chewie is emotional because it, it, it was Peter's time to bring that character to life through his body and through his actions and through his, you know, gesticulation. So like, right. I mean, w- Peter, the, you gotta understand
0: like Anthony Daniels, he's been able, yes, he's limited in his movements, but the, those limited movements are what makes C3PO who he is. But Anthony is also allowed to speak yeah I mean just like Kenny with R2 and Peter with Chewie their only way to bring the character to life has been through their physical performance and that's what makes someone like Peter so special is because he made this character it was literally just a man in a dog uniform Made him feel just as important as the human cast, yeah. So, without
1: being able to speak exactly, like you knew his significance in the story, and you knew, like you said, Matt, you know, you knew what Chewie was saying without having to see subtitles or have somebody yeah. translate for him. To this day, I know everything he says in my head, yeah, exactly. And that's all that matters.
0: I, I don't care what he's exactly saying. We know what he is saying, yeah, and that's all that
1: matters. So, what my my first moment is from episode five when they're flying the Falcon. You know, the Falcon has is has been the you know their their um, hyperdrive has been disabled. They're being chased, and Chewie is doing what Chewie does when the ship is fucking up. Han's in the, in the front piloting it, and he's down in the trenches, and he's fucking fixing it. And you can see him like Han yells back to him at one point. He just says Chewie. And then he pops up, and he just yells right back at him. He takes He's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, leave me the fuck alone. I'm trying, you asshole. It's not my fault this ship's a piece of junk. Yep, and then he goes back in, and he smacks it with a wrench, and you see the, the electricity come uh, off yeah. of it. Like, I mean. That is one of the best moments, because Chewie's just like, all right, you want me to
0: fucking <laughs> fix it? Fuck. And he just starts banging on it, yeah. just like I would try to fix something. Yeah, it
1: just starts hitting it with a wrench. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Those moments, you know, are, are, are when Peter could really bring the emotion to that character. I mean, it, it, that is a character that is completely reliant, like you said, on physical performance and emotion that is shown through physicality or through body language.
0: Well, and, and I think you're right, Nick. I honestly think Peter shines the most in Empire because there, there are multiple comedic moments. Heated moments between him and Han, but also touching moments. Because if you remember an Empire, I mean, Chewie's the one that shows the most emotion over C-3PO getting wasted. Yeah. I mean, you, you literally, at one point in time, seeing, like, putting C-3PO's head up against his, like, ugh. Yeah. Like, w- like basically saying, like, what the fuck have we gotten ourselves into by coming here? Yeah, that was... Uh, and then even when Han's getting frozen in carbonite, I mean... Yeah, Leia is emotional, but you could argue that Chewie takes it even harder than Leia. I mean, when when that smoke comes through, I mean Chewie lets out a like I mean you can you can feel that he is being pained by watching his friend getting frozen and taken away. Yeah. And again, that that's all just Peter doing it through his physical acts. In, in opening his mouth and having Ben Burt pipe some fucking sounds into
1: it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible the way that he could bring that, that character to life. So actually that like the moment with three PO in, in empire was my second one, because like you said, it goes to show that like, this character who most people would look at and immediately assume is some sort of cold blooded killer or just like a like muscle, like alien muscle that is kept. Dude, around. He let
0: Ugnats pick on
1: him. Yeah. Like
0: Ugnots bullied him and he could eat an Ugnot.
1: Yeah, he could he's pulled the arms off
0: of a gun. Yeah, he, he was so, so concerned with saving C pos frame that he didn't care
1: that they were making fun of him. He just wanted to save his buddy. Exactly. And that like it goes to show and it it builds the character of Chewbacca in a way that most people upon first viewing, it wouldn't expect. Like he is the heart of that relationship. Like you said, like he is the passion and he is the one who really deep down cares for the people that they're with. And like, he helps Han to realize that, you know, you didn't have a family when you were a kid, like, you know, you were an orphan and we found this out through solo, but you know, in the original trilogy, Chewbacca leads him to realize that this is our family now. Like this is the family that we need. This is the family that we should protect. And that moment with, with C-3PO gathering up his parts, almost that whole sequence, you know, gathering up his parts, you know, escaping Bespin with it and then putting him back together on the Falcon. I mean, as, as Goldenrod is yelling at him, (laughs) ripping him a new
0: asshole. Yeah. You fucking idiot. You put my head on backwards. Not, not like, thank you for saving me, but you're a big, dumb idiot.
2: Yeah. It's... But
0: that's just who Goldenrod is. I mean, Goldenrod is one of the biggest assholes in Star
1: Wars. He is. He's just such a dick to so many people. Like, to Chewie to R2. I'm... Ba-
0: basically, dick. He, he's a dick to anyone that can't talk back to him. Exactly.
1: Like, the only people that he's not going <laughs> to talk back to are Luke and Leia. I mean, like, he even did it a little bit to Han. Like, you know. Yeah, but Han's
0: uh, like, yo, fucking yeah, shut them
1: all. Yeah, he's like... What? What, what I'm saying is, like, people that can't speak
0: English or basic, yeah. whatever you want to call it, he'll he'll dig into them. Yeah. <laughs> like R2, I mean, yeah, R2 will beat back at him. We don't know what he's saying. Just like Chewie will growl back at him. We don't know what he's saying. So C-3PO takes advantage of that and just starts fucking beating them down, down-talking to them, and ridiculing
1: them. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Anthony Daniels at his best, bringing people down who can't tell. Really talk. is C
0: three PO is one of the biggest jerks in Star Wars. Oh
1: man, what a shame. So my my last moment is actually from TFA, and I can't. I have to look it up, but I can't confirm if it was if it was Peter in the suit at this time. I think it was because in TFA he played. Chewie in roles where he didn't have to move essentially where he was stationary where he's sitting down so when we see him behind the wheel of the falcon when we see him you know just kind of sitting about in a scene it's Peter that's in the suit and then Junis did all of like the actual physical performance there so when Kylo gets shot and he's running around like that was Junis so this one moment is um is kind of halfway through the film it is when Chewie is sitting and it's when it's after a battle and he and the nurse is working on him and the nurse starts asking him questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so the nurse so starts asking him questions like, you know, oh, you know, like, oh, how did this happen? And he like growls something and she's like, oh, really? And then he goes, oh, you're so brave. <laughs> you
0: know, I just. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like pumping himself
1: up. Yeah. Like he's like bragging to this nurse about the battle that he was just in and how brave he was and all that he did and just the the way the interaction between those two characters again, like the way that Peter and even Junis now can take the character of Chewbacca and make these interactions with people that you can understand as comedic and as meaningful as they are is incredible. And this is all, all credit to Peter Mayhew and the way that he did this from 1977 on. So that scene is just a perfect representation of like a person who can speak basic. Like you said, communicating with chewy but you know what both sides are saying and and you can see in her face like it just goes to show you that even chewbacca this mighty warrior can be essentially you know looked down upon by by a nurse because of the the way that he's telling a story so i just thought that was another very fun moment with Chewie. um and, well, yeah, I yeah. mean,
0: if we're sticking on the new stuff, I mean, even TLJ, his, his whole arc with the Porgs is fantastic. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that that's not Peter, but, I mean, that, that's the character. But, I mean, really, Peter, his time with, with Chewbacca was, and I like saying that just because of Lando and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, Chewbacca. Chewbacca and Han. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> Land, Land. I, I do love that they made a point of, of Han correcting Young Lando, when Young Lando was already calling him Han yeah. and Solo. Yeah,
1: that was good. I
0: did not it. Uh, but anyway, right, didn't he call him like, Chewba- like Chew- Chewbacca? Yeah, like he did. He, he like called Chewbacca. him Chewbacca. Yeah. Like, he just said it differently. Yep. And I even someone that used to dip, you, you use chewing tobacco. I'd always call it my my Chewbac my my Chewbacca. <laughs> like, I gotta get I got get me a Chewbacca. So um, I don't yeah. know, man. It it, it sucks. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, yes, it, it's a celebrity. I mean, we shouldn't like stop the world over this. But as a as a lifelong Star Wars fan, uh, it, it's a bummer. And kind of quoting what one six shooter Trevor said in his post, it's. It's not so much these people dying that bums you out. I mean, yes, it is sad because they, they you did look up to them. They did bring joy to your life. Uh, but for, for even people like me, and you know, you're, you're getting older too, it also reminds you that you're not long for this world either. Yeah. You know. when, when you start seeing some of your heroes that you grew up with and, and they're getting old and they're dying and they're just looking raggedy, it definitely has um you know I'll be I'll be 39 this year and it 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 does remind you that you know you're you're approaching that back half of life and you know the, the, you're you're gonna be coming across a lot more of this type of stuff yeah not just celebrities and people that you you looked up to and that have entertained you but. Uh, those that are close to you too. So I mean, it's sometimes a bummer all around when this, when this stuff happens.
1: Yeah. So we'll close out this with a couple, with a few quotes from, from people who knew Peter. I mean, and people who worked with him on star Wars. So Mark Hamill was very, was very quick to put out, you know, his response on Twitter and it went as such. He said, he was the gentlest of giants, a big man with an even bigger heart who never failed to make me smile and a loyal friend who I love dearly. I'm grateful for the uh, for the memories we shared. And I'm a better man for just having know him. Thanks, Pete. And then um, he added in, you know, hashtag RIP Peter Mayhew, hashtag heartbroken. And then he tagged Peter's official Insta- uh, Twitter handle at the Wookiee Roars. Um, so that was Mark's... I like that shot of them on the Empire Hoff set. Yeah, yeah, where he's like you know uh he's got Hugging the helmet with his head off yeah he's got yeah. the the helmet off on, on the chewy suit and he's still got luke kind of or mark in a in an embrace that's very it's very poignant like all these the images that are associated with with um mark's tweet they are very emotional um so the the um quote from harrison ford uh goes like this he says peter mayhew was a kind and gentle man possessed of great dignity and noble character these aspects of his own personality plus his wit and grace he brought to chewbacca we were partners in film and friends in life for over 30 years and i loved him um i mean that's, that's pretty nice from Harris. i mean i honestly
0: i don't expect anything like that out of harrison i mean he he's documented to not be a huge fan of star wars universe so it kind of makes me happy that
1: someone in his camp at least
0: took the time to do that yeah
1: i mean if you think about the you know the time that that peter spent on set most of it was with harrison so of course you know over the you know seven years that these movies were being filmed you know they would kind of grow close together um so that was that was very touching and very nice to see harrison or like you said you know somebody associated with harrison put out that that quote for him and then uh finally last one we're going to touch on is jj abrams uh jj was the last star wars director to direct peter mayhew as chewbacca um so he says peter was the loveliest man kind and patient supportive and encouraging a sweetheart to work with and already deeply missed um so clearly i mean you know even like you know from the actors to the to the creators of star wars this this loss is being felt and um it's going to be interesting you know the the character of chewbacca as a whole is in an interesting position now because of us getting towards the end you know with episode nine now we have to start thinking about you know will we see junis back as chewbacca will chewbacca even be a character that sees the big screen again and um well he probably would have if they didn't fuck up solo's release that's true it's very true so i mean there i guess there's
0: potential i mean at this point if they're not going to continue solo on the big screen let's hope they may wing it on a disney plus season to get some of those stories out because we we've said it before the cast has said it ron said it there was more content planned yeah yeah for that solo crew i mean it's it's plain as day all you have to do is watch the movie you know, I mean, I even believe the writers said that we're at the kind of the
1: middle middle part of Han and Kira's tale. Yeah, if anything. Yeah, exactly. We still have plenty to go there. I mean, we that movie ended on a fucking cliffhanger, like pretty much. You know?
0: Yeah, it's basically like, hey, we're gonna go meet up with this crime lord on Tatooine, which could be a movie in and of itself. How Han becomes one of Jabba's lead smugglers and. Potentially, we even see his shit that gets the bounty put on his head. Yep. Uh, or, or you could just gone into, you know, how how's Han going to resolve his his deal with Kira? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of ground to cover here. And clearly, Chewie would have been heavily involved in that. So, Definitely. I mean, I you never know. I mean, you, you could hope that one day it, it sees the light of day, either on Disney Plus or, or in cinema. But... It does sound like at this point in time that they've learned from their mistakes of trying to release Star Wars movies too close to each other and they're probably ever only going to release one Star Wars movie a year moving forward, which is it is what it is. I mean, MCU has proven you can release up to three a year and you're still going to make billions. Yeah. Uh, but you got to do it smartly.
1: Yeah. You
0: have, to, you have to
1: space them out a little bit, give some
0: time. So we'll see. I mean, I don't I personally don't think Chewbacca is gone from the live action screen. Yeah. And after nine, at least.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, we see him back on the screen again. Um, So, yeah. uh, Definitely sad news coming out of Star Wars, you know, Star Wars universe this week. But, you know, as we must do, we move on. And we move on to some May the 4th news. So, Matt, you know. Yeah, some little stuff. I mean,
0: there's obviously a lot of other May the 4th news, but it's useless talking about on May the 3rd, especially when this is going to probably come out on May the 6th or 7th. Yep. So a lot of the deals will already have been passed. I mean, if you want me to remind you on Shit You've Missed, there's a ton or there was a ton of Star Wars video game sales. There's one that kind of kicked me to my nuts because literally – a week or two ago, I finally was like, you know what? I feel like playing Knights of the Old Republic again. It's used heavily in Swago. I just want to get reimmersed in the narrative. Let me try it out. Eh, should I play it on my old disc and just use the up-res version on Xbox One X? That could be kind of cool. But I'm like, you know what? I kind of want a portable version. I'm going to shell out the 10 bucks to buy the mobile version of KOTOR. So I do that, and then this week, literally a day ago, I get the announcement that hey,
1: by the way, it's going to be marked down to four ninety nine. It's funny that you're playing it, you bought it because I actually started playing it on my phone too. Like I started playing it probably. Three Haven't you? Days
0: ago? You've played the mobile version before though, right? Yeah, I
1: have. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought.
0: Like I, I remember you saying that it, it, it's pretty damn competent, and and honestly, I know Bioware didn't fully make the mobile version. It's it, it's Aspire, but. In terms of visual quality, I, I think the mobile version looks even better than the, you know, the 1620 time up res that you could get on the Xbox One X if you throw in the Xbox version.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, it looks fantastic for, like you said, a fucking older game, like a game that came right. out in the early just, 2000s. I mean, the
0: controls are a bit wonky. You gotta, like, drag your finger and shit, but so far, I, I, I love having Kotar mobile, but That's not the point. The point is, if you're listening to this now and you're going, oh, shit, Star Wars game sales, you've already missed them. (laughs) But there was a ton. I mean, I'm talking upwards of close to probably 100 Star Wars games marked down significantly across consoles and PC. Yeah. But the one thing we do want to talk about that was uh, kind of announced for May the 4th, and it should still be around by the time you're listening, is that for the first time, Razer, you know, the computer hardware people... Uh, they've partnered with, I'm, I'm assuming, Lucasfilm, Disney, whoever, to get the license here. But they, they have a new line of literally trademarked Star Wars Stormtrooper Edition PC gaming peripherals. And there's three. You can get a uh, mechanical Black Widow silent mechanical. Well, I already said mechanical, so <laughs> you, you got that part. Anyways, it's, it's fucking mechanical keyboard. Stormtrooper Edition. We're talking a uh, hundred bucks for that. You can get a Razer Atheris wireless mouse stormtrooper edition. I really dig the mouse, I love the graphics on it. it that, that's retailing crazy. for 60 And then there's also a Goliathus, not just Goliath, but Goliathus extended gaming mouse mat. And Nick, you, you would almost have to explain this to me. I don't do a lot of PC gaming, but I guess these days it's beneficial to have a super mouse long. mat that's literally the probably longer or wider in, in length than your keyboard.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I mean I I used to play competitive Counter-Strike Source back in the day. Is that just cuz you got to like sh- you got to like do yeah. wider swaths or sweeps? Yep. Yep. You have to basically what you want to do is your aim is to pick your mouse up off of the Pad as little as possible so the wider your mouse pad is the the less you have to do that so that's why we have these extra extended long mouse pads right. now so th-
0: so this one i mean the, the specialty here and the reason we're talking about is because it's got some pretty cool looking stormtrooper graphics on it. yeah so i mean you I mean, if you're into star wars and you, you need some new gaming peripherals and you're a big fan of razor who you know, clearly makes some top-notch shit uh, they, these are pretty cool and, and, and they are legit. I mean, it just, again, they just have the skins on it. They're, they're still going to have the Razor Tech in there. Uh, but they're offering a deal right now, limited time. If you buy all three, you can essentially save 10% off the bundle. Yeah, so what would uh, be... So we got the links in there, and Nick will link to it in the post if you're listening through through StarWarsTime.net, but yeah. we got the deets.
1: Yeah, Matt, it, I mean, like, you liking the, the Imperial aesthetic, especially with this keyboard, because I know you rock the Mac stuff, and the Mac sticks right. with, like... You know, the white, gray, black. Oh, it's kind all of... flat.
0: I mean, my, my keyboard, like, it, it's so flat I could shove it up my ass crack. Yeah,
1: dude, you you might want to swoop in and pick up this, uh, this Stormtrooper no keyboard. Way. It's got a cable on it. There's,
0: <laughs> no, fucking There's no fucking way. I mean, I, I don't need that type of response time. I'm not gaming on my computer.
1: That's so. true. That's true. Yeah. What,
0: what I would get, and I still wouldn't get it because I prefer a trackpad these days. Yeah. Is the mouse? I mean, the the, the fucking mouse is tits. Yeah, it looks I mean, really. Cool. I, I love this. I mean, it's literally, you're holding a stormtrooper's head in your
1: hand. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty fucking cool looking. So it's awesome. Um, it's, I
0: mean, I, I would definitely whip the mouse yeah. if I had a spare sixty laying around.
1: And then if we so if we talk about Razor and Star Wars a little bit, this isn't the first time that they's cro- that they've crossed over with them. So when Star Wars: The Old Republic MMO came out, the online game, they actually did a line that's similar to this, that was similar to this. They did a headset release, they did a mouse release, I have the mouse, actually, and they did a keyboard release. And I really still want that keyboard, because it has our besh keys on it.
0: Oh, yeah, see, I could get into that. So, it's
1: like... I mean, that, that's just different. Yeah. I, I
0: I mean, I wouldn't know what the fuck it meant, but it, it would look cool than just having, you know, your, your, your typical a b c d whatever keyboard
1: yeah i mean this thing i mean obviously you can't get it anymore because it was limited run it only came out you know at the time oh, that's what the black market exists for man exactly. overpay for it on ebay yeah i need to find it because this keyboard is fucking amazing i mean some of the shit on there if you don't play star wars the old republic you won't need because there's like specific keys that are bound oh, yeah, I bet. to specific it's probably, things it probably
0: has like its own built-in hot keys so they're not even technically hot keys they're just fucking keys
1: yeah but they also have so the keyboard has a trackpad built into it for you know for your sake and um <laughs> and like it has like i said it's got the english keys on it so you can see what you're typing in english but it also has the our best keys on it i, I still man i can't
0: I respect PC gamers have at it. You guys want to spend the money to have the best at all times? I I get it 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, I love my, my technology. I love my gadgets. I'm just not trying to fuck around with installing shit. It may not work. I got to patch this. <laughs> I got to fucking use WASD to fucking walk. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck W-A-S-D, fuck keyboards for gaming. Oh, man, I love it. Give me a goddamn controller any fucking day. I don't (laughs) care about the precision. I don't care about how quick you can aim or how much better it is. Fuck that. (laughs) Just give me a caveman-style controller with joysticks so I can move my dude around and shoot without getting fucking my brain tangled up in knots trying to figure out keys on
1: a key <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't man. get it I, yeah.
0: I i fucking hate it i hate that setup
1: i understand i totally get it i totally get it i yeah i'm just i i, I don't know like that was that was my first thing pc game i remember building a pc when i was like 16 years old pc gaming Playing Counter Strike Source at a pretty damn high level for a long time. It is, it's just
0: it's a byproduct of of our generational differences. Yeah, I mean when 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 PC gaming was really starting to get legit, I was mid to late high school, college. All I cared about was what college age boys care about. Yep. and that's your penis. <laughs> that's it. Oh man, penis, See, drinking, drugs. I mean that that's what I was worried about. Not ooh, I can play the best-looking video games if I pay attention on my computer. I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll buy an Xbox, use a controller that's the size of my head. I mean, really, you guys remember the original Xbox controller? The brick? I mean, it's it's like it should be put into the Gaming Hall of Fame at some point in time just because of its design. Yeah, it's the ridiculously... It it (laughs) could have... I'm not kidding. I think it almost weighed 10 pounds. Oh, God. And it was probably half a foot wide. Yeah. <laughs> when you, I mean, you couldn't even, you almost couldn't even hold it with two hands.
1: Yeah. It was ridiculous, dude. So
0: the, that's the type of gaming I was doing during those days when, when PC gaming really started to to take off. And I mean, I obviously I did a lot of PC gaming. I mean, rebel assault, a lot of the early star Wars games I was doing on PC, but I just never, I could never get into the fucking keyboard and and mouse setup yeah
2: it's it's a no. little difficult no but even
0: uh, when i was playing like x-wing or tie fighter i had to like get one of the old school joystick like fucking flight sticks yeah <laughs> so you were using the flight stick instead okay. Fuck okay yeah dude and those games in my opinion are some of the best oh, yeah. i mean don't get me wrong there there's some star wars games some of my favorite star wars games are pc i mean Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, in my opinion, is hands down the greatest real-time strategy, base-building, attacking game ever. Yeah. Uh, I like it even better than Empire War. I mean, Empire War was kind of a more polished, true-to-life version where Galactic Battleground had a more cartoony look to it. But it it had the—it was very StarCraft 1. You know, here's your factions. Each faction has a campaign. Each campaign tells a little story. It was just a blast. I mean, I fucking love the game. I bought it years ago through one of the bundles on Steam. have yet to play it again, but the fact that I know that I own it is all that matters, and that's because of how much I love it. So the point is, Nick, I- I'm not shitting on PC games, PC Star Wars games. I just I hate the mouse. gaming on a PC. I- if it's not an RTS, something like that makes sense for a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. I mean, to me, RTS, uh, turn-based games sure make complete sense for keyboard and mouse when we're talking like platformers third person action games or first person shooters go fuck yourself with those keyboards
1: I can understand it I can understand it by the way for those people who know about the SWOTOR uh, the SWOTOR keyboard I looked it up there is only one for sale that I can find how much are they jobbing you guys $520 (laughs) (laughs) And this is used. I love the black market. This is used. Fuck yeah, like, man! Used five hundred and twenty bucks. The the seller does have hundred percent f- positive feedback, um, but it's coming from Bulgaria. <laughs> there you go. It's coming there from. You go. It's coming from, Plavdiv, Bulgaria. So to- yeah, totally. I'd buy that
0: <laughs> so I'm
1: sure the shipping's real cheap. Yeah. So if you um if you want. The SWOTOR keyboard. I mean, dude, that,
0: that's just that's the epitome of collecting. Yeah. It, it all comes down to supply and demand and how much is another collector willing to pay. Exactly. Cause like I <laughs> cause I doubt that price was just randomly thrown out. I, I bet there was other units that moved for around that price. Oh yeah. And
1: like I said, dude, like there were a lot of these keyboards sold. Like people who are, you know, hear about SWOTOR now and are like, oh, that game's dead. Like when this game came out it came out big like they had a million people playing this game at one time, like like a legit like you couldn't get into the servers. There were so many people playing it and like these items from Razor flew off the fucking shelf. So um, keep that in mind when you're thinking about, you know, trying to find one of these because they're damn near fucking impossible to find. Um, but yeah, so. If you are a fan of Razer, if you are a gamer, PC gamer, you like having PC cool PC peripherals, go to Razer. I will link the post, like Matt said, in the podcast post, so you can go straight to that um, that order uh, page from Razer and uh, pick yourself up some dope looking peripherals. Especially if you need a super long mouse pad, this Goliathus is like almost the size <laughs> yeah. of your whole desk.
0: Apparently, those are a thing, as Nick as Nick has explained.
1: Yeah. So next up, Matt, another piece from you about the june smugglers box star wars yeah, just
0: just a quick one yeah. here i mean I, i'm telling you guys right now i mean my, my funko pop love is fading fast uh that was validated at star wars celebration 19 in chicago here a few weeks ago when i literally had passes to get into the funko vip line and i didn't care to use them uh but if you watch, if you pay attention to Star Wars Time Show, starwarstime.net, you would notice that this week I put out an unboxing video of, lo and behold, a Funko Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty box. So I'm not completely over it, which is why we covered this piece. It's just really, real quick fandom stuff here. But if you are still in the Funko and love getting yourself some exclusive Funko Pops or other exclusive Funko products, The theme for the June 2019 Funko Smugglers Bounty Box has been revealed, and it's a good one, and it is Darth Vader, so that means come July, those that order from Amazon, which you can do through our link on StarWarsTime.net, you will be getting a box with exclusive collectibles all themed around our boy DV, so it has potential to be a good box, if anything else, Nick.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think you pointed out um, on Cast Pass that some of the best pops out there are Vader pops. Um, Oh, yeah, 100%.
0: Once they got a little modernized, I mean, I have the original Vader where it was, they're still using like the little beady eyes and not trying to fully recreate his helmet. Now they are, and those are just money. I mean, if I ever do just mass sell my pop collection, which is 700 strong people anybody <laughs> i'm i'm listening i'm, I'm open to offers uh, i would i would probably keep my vader ones for sure yeah
1: yeah they look incredible i have uh, uh a funko vader and really enjoy the way it looks too so uh good stuff here if you're into the subscription boxes like i used to be i used to have a subscription to the firefly loot crate um that i recently canceled because apparently there's some sort of like distribution problem with that box but I mean, if you want one that's Star Wars focused, I mean, here you go. Star Wars Bounty Box changes the theme every month, so you can move from Vader. Yeah, to
0: every, they come out every two. It's handled through Amazon now. I mean, if you're someone that used to do it when Funko handled it, it has changed a bit. But, I mean, Amazon makes it easy. You can sign up for a subscription or just buy per box. They're going to be 30 bucks a pop, and you're usually going to get around $50 worth of shit in it. Yeah. And sometimes it is just shit in it but it's $50 worth of shit. Yeah, so if you have a bookshelf where you keep little trinkets on it, yeah. you know, or... Yeah, that, the, Nick's dead on. This is These are boxes that just come with shit Yeah. to just randomly
1: display on random shit in your house. Exactly. I have a whole bookshelf behind me that <laughs> literally has five books on it, but it has probably... It's got two lightsabers. It's got a Harry Potter wand on it. It's got a ton of Firefly figurines on it from my Loot Crate subscription. It's, what else does it have? It has my Dishonored 2 pre-order yeah, special right, exactly. edition like, mask. Bul-
0: bullshit you probably <laughs> picked up from packs or something. Yeah,
1: so there's, it's perfect for stuff yeah, like that's that. That's all these little crates are. They're just literally knick-knacky bullshit that you'd get at a convention yeah. for free. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> if you're looking for that, like Matt said, I'll have the post linked in the podcast, and you can go straight to the Amazon page, pre-order it, or pick it up um outside of the pre-order once they release it in june uh last official piece written piece that we have to talk right. about here is another bit of mark hamill fun so as we it's all our know buddy mark here uh, mark hamill is a master and a joker on twitter and he took to twitter probably a week ago and he, he yeah, it's, it's the twenty sixth. Is April twenty sixth is when he put this out. Yeah, so it, it's not a graphic he cooked up.
0: It looks like it comes from or, or whoever put their tag on at Stephen Wayne Art. Yeah,
1: and what it is is an image of all of the original trilogy Photoshopped cast yeah.
0: image of of the of the of the original cast. Yeah,
1: so it's all of them cut out. So we see, the, you know, Billy D Lando from the uh, Rise of Skywalker trailer. We see old Han we see um Carrie Fisher from TFA and then we also see what looks like a behind the scenes image of Luke uh, or of Mark in his TLJ outfit Luke Luke was not smiling no
0: in the last Jedi I
1: do not think that there was a single smile so they're all there on the bridge of the Falcon and the image that was cropped up by this Stephen Wayne art person you know, has a tag in the bottom. It says Star Wars, and then the subtitle is "What Should Have Been." Okay, kind of a sigh there. And then Hamill retweeted the picture. Not oh, even retweeted. Fuck. He just posted it, and he said the only thing he said was hashtag missed opportunities. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this this lit it ablaze. Like when Mark Hamill does something like this, you know. The internet. I mean, it, it got one hundred thirty
0: thousand likes and thirty one thousand comments.
1: Yeah, I mean, so yeah, it blew the fuck up. I mean, so
0: what do you think it did, people, and why? I mean, the only reason I posted this again, we brought this up before. It's just, I, I know what Mark's doing. This entertains him. Yeah, I get that on some level, but it, 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 on another level, I'm just like, dude, you're. You you know the state of Star Wars fandom right now, you know you are a Jesus Christ figure in Star Wars fandom, so why do you keep giving the the far alt right of Star Wars shit to chew on? Yeah, and th- that's all that this does. And he did come back and say, "Hey, I just saw this pic and I posted because I missed them. Nothing more, nothing less." And, and maybe that's true, but it's not because he put the fucking hashtag in their missed opportunities. Yeah. So I mean, he he's not being completely honest in his sort of apology follow-up. Yeah. Uh, but they, he even comes in and says maybe I should just post a bunch of end, end game spoilers. So it, when it comes down to it, he does this for entertainment. Yeah, like he's He does it to entertain himself. But in the end, I I just I I don't quite appreciate
1: it. Because of the fuel he is giving to the fuck-ups. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a slippery slope when you're trying to do stuff like this. It's just and like, Mark, just leave it alone, bro. We, we, I get it. I respect you
0: may have loved to have been in a scene with all of your former castmates. I get that. Yes, it would have been fantastic. But, hey, man, it ain't happening. In the end, this trilogy was never about you guys anyways. Yeah. So It wasn't. I mean that's what a lot of people need to understand. It, it, never did Disney come out and say, "Hey, we're we're making a trilogy for the old people." It was always no, we're doing this with the old people to prop up the new people. Yeah. Plain and simple, that's what it is. So, uh, yeah. love it or hate it, it just I don't know, it's just like, "Mark, come on, man, just let it go." Yeah,
1: I mean, if it was if we were in like a post TFA Star Wars fandom, then I could see like him having. Of course, fun yeah, with that that's like that. fun fucking around. Yeah.
0: But You can't have fun and fuck around Star Wars anymore because of what happened with TLJ. Exactly. So it's it sucks, but that's that's the state of Star Wars fandom now. Yeah.
1: So it's just Mark up to his shenanigans again. And when, like you said, when he responded to the post, you know, he reposted the image again, except he <laughs> added in a little Joker, like an and no, his son did it. Oh, L- Nathan. Look did. at the fucking yeah. yeah look,
0: did. he he. It's his fucking kid threw in his Joker thing. Yeah, his
1: Joker holding a green Basically
0: highlighting, like, yeah, my dad likes to be evil.
1: Yeah, so... And have fun. So there, there there, you go. So that's that's Hamill on Twitter. That was his Firestorm of the Week. Follow him on Twitter, because Mark does... He oh, does it's post always fun. fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love Mark. I mean, I, I'm not, like, angry or anything. All I'm saying is, like, for a guy that's so anti stirring shit on social media especially when it comes to politics like if you follow mark you know exactly where he lies yeah and he calls out people for essentially doing what he's doing yeah so like he's literally trolling people
1: he has some cognitive dissonance which, when it comes to star wars though.
0: right i mean he he's trolling star wars fans because he knows he can get them riled up Yet he gets riled up when people like the president troll people on Twitter. Yeah. What I do like, man, I I, I get it, man. It's not even close. Like what Mark's doing is I am close to what the president's doing, but it is still kind of the same thing.
1: Yeah. So uh, very interesting day in Twitter was April 26th. But, you know. Nothing. It's nothing too. You know, it sucks to see something like that and, and know that there yeah, are gonna and, have. And Nick and I aren't getting all like on our high horses yeah. shitting on Mark here. We, we just wanted to bring
0: it up because it, it definitely got some play in Star Wars yeah. Land this week, and and that's our our main objective of the Star Wars Time Friday show is to cover stuff. That pops up in Star Wars land, and this is definitely something that got played.
1: Yeah, it got played. So, it, but we're, that's we're, it.
0: I'm not trying to sit here and say I'm this fucking holier than thou <laughs> motherfucker. I, I, just listen to the way I talk. Yeah, you, you understand <laughs> that I am very far from being a righteous person
1: yeah he's the sith if you've ever looked at our logo yeah. which our logo is dope right. as fuck by the way so if you've if you've only listened and it's an-
0: the best part is nick it's animated and my kid knows exactly who i am <laughs> he's like daddy and it's daddy. not like our our images really even look that different i mean your guy has glasses and i believe your eye ring yeah but Outside of that, you could argue it's pretty much the same face.
1: Yeah, you can flip them.
0: She still knows, like, she goes, that's my daddy. <laughs> Essentially the one that looks like a psycho.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're the Sith. You got the red lightsaber. <laughs> I mean, I have to say that our logo is probably the best Star Wars podcast logo on the market. So if you're that's listening great. to us... Make sure to right. jump over to Wars. Hey, if net.
0: anything, rate our fucking logo because the more ratings we get, the higher it's going to come up in that iTunes search and the more people will be able to look at it. And we, we may suck to listen to, but we may be cool to look at, at least in a, 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 from a logo perspective.
1: I will say that you know <laughs> our logo and our site are very aesthetically pleasing. Damn skippy, bitches. Yeah. Very on it. All right, pleasing. dude. So uh,
0: this isn't anything we kind of – posted throughout the week it's something that's kind of been on my mind because they they kind of live within the same license holder these days Uh, they're handled by the same company and honestly I've literally seen this movie four times within a week Uh, so I I just wanted to I I kind of flowed this out to Nick earlier and this isn't going to be a long subject it's just something I, I kind of want to put out there for people to think about but I've now seen Avengers Endgame four times in a week's time. Literally, I saw it last Thursday night, last Friday, and then this week I saw it Thursday night and again Friday. Uh, why do I do that? I, I don't quite know. I mean, a lot of it is because I'm am an AMC Stubbs A-list subscriber, so literally I can see as many movies as I want, or at least three ty- three movies a week for 20 bucks a month, so why not? Yep. Uh, but Endgame, it's just one of those movies, at least to me, where anytime I'm watching it, I feel like I'm around – friends and family as odd as that sounds it brings a certain level of comfortness to me i feel comforted watching this film and, and that's why i've watched it so many times but it's also just a damn good movie it, it, so the point is here the 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 point i was making to nick is i gave the i gave endgame a 10 out of a 10 yeah you could argue it's probably not perfect 10 out of 10, in my opinion, doesn't imply that it is perfect. But to me, it's a 10 out of 10 type of movie. So it's damn good. But more importantly to me, the fact that this movie, film 22 of 21, more than capably, if not perfectly, was able to wrap up 21 films worth of narratives, individual narratives, co-narratives, joint narratives, whatever you want to call it, throughout those 21 movies before endgame it wrapped them up and paid off in my opinion on fan expectations and fan service
1: better than anything i've ever seen in the geek space right Nick? a hundred percent i saw the movie on saturday last weekend and you told me going into it you're like i gave it a 10 let me know what you think when you come out and I, i texted matt after i came out and i was like I think it's perfect, too. I cried twice. Like, I don't cry in movies often. Like, the last time I cried in a theater was Star Wars uh, The Force Awakens. Like, I, I cried because Star Wars was back. The next time I cried in theaters was this movie, two times. And, like, you're right. The threads that it was able to tie and the way that they the Russo brothers w- were able to tie them together was damn near perfect bro i mean they they folded in a character from fucking the agent
0: carter tv series on abc yeah exactly like we're covering stuff
1: here that uh,
0: end game spoilers just in case by the way yeah yeah we haven't said any yet but just in case
1: yeah so just yeah if you haven't seen end game yet which at this point i'm looking at the worldwide box office of it so far 1.78 billion you don't care yeah you don't fucking care like let's be real you're not gonna see it or anyway so one point
0: anyways disney (laughs) is they're they're breaking their spoiler embargo on monday anyway so this will be out on tuesday it doesn't fucking matter but point is nick is is you kind of agree is this this movie just i mean it nailed it i mean i i don't go to movies four times just because i have nothing to do in life all right let's get that out there i go because it entertains me and yes screening four didn't quite impact me as much as screening one but yes the emotions were still there which proves to me that this is a fantastic film so why are we talking about a Marvel movie on a Star Wars podcast? Here here's the connection, my friends. So we've heard it, we've we've discussed it. JJ has made a point to say, Kathleen has made a point to say, Disney has made a point to say that episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, its main function, its main charge is not only to be a good movie in and of itself, but more importantly, its goal is to fundamentally and cohesively wrap up episodes one through eight. So what I was just kind of saying to Nick, like when we consider what Disney, Marvel, Feige, the Russos, and the cast and crew were able to do with Endgame, they better. They better Reach as high, if not higher, and I'm talking the Star Wars production, Episode 9, it better reach as high, if not higher, and pay off as high, if not higher, than what Endgame did. Yeah, I mean... For me personally, I mean, me being a a Star Wars fan from birth, an MCU fan from 2008, diehard MCU. I mean, diehard. Fucking love the MCU I'm not a comic book reader. I've always loved comic books, just never really read them. But the MCU is what has sold me on all things Marvel and what they put out. So with that being said, I'm still, you know, I love you 3,000 times more a Star Wars fan than MCU. So Nick, do you think, and do you expect – do you have the same ex- expectations, the level ex- expectations as I do for Rise now that we've seen what Game was able to do for 21 movies? Yeah, so I think that 21 it 21 was- movies versus 8, people. 21 versus 8. I think that – Now – sorry, no, Nick, ahead. but real quick. I mean, Star Wars obviously has spanned decades, so it- – that kind of makes up for the lack of number of films, I believe, Nick. I mean, you have g- multiple generations mixed up in this, multiple decades, forty plus years. So th- that that does give a little more uh, a little more weight and probably a bigger challenge to JJ to wrap all this up because you know, and again, th- th- this this franchise started in the middle of the goddamn thing. Yeah, four, five, six, then one, two, three, now seven, eight, nine. So, it didn't benefit from a a chronology. Not that the MCU is even in chronological order, technically, based on when they release. But, dude, I mean, do you have the same expectations? Are you going to hold rise to the same expectations now that you know that it's possible to literally make a near-perfect movie that its main goal is to essentially wrap up
1: 21 other movies? I think... That's the important qualifier is before seeing Endgame, I had high expectations for Rise of Skywalker anyway. I mean, like, we knew. Of course. Because JJ saying, like, we're wrapping up eight films, like, this was before Endgame dropped. Right. I mean, those expectations, as Nick said, were set during Celebration. I mean,
0: everyone involved said, yo, this not only has to be a good movie, this has to fundamentally... And hopefully, expertly tie up all this shit.
1: Yeah. So I'm definitely looking for this level of film, for an endgame level of film out of J.J., Chris Terrio, and Lucasfilm. I think that they've already moved in the right direction. I think bringing Palpatine back, in doing that, they've correctly identified the task in front of them. To, in order to wrap up eight movies that have played out the way that they have, you have to bring back Palpatine. He is a necessary part of this ending. Um, what else is in front of them is very difficult. Because like you said, the movies themselves, in terms of production and release, span decades. But also, if you look at the time period that spanned between the movies themselves within the universe is is also across decades um if we look at the avengers and we look at the mcu if you start even if you if you were to order them chronologically the sequence of events plays out pretty straightforward you don't have any massive gaps in between like you don't have a 20-year gap like we have between episodes three and four in 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 the Avengers and the MCU, like that, that time period with no content just doesn't exist, at least no big screen content doesn't exist. Um, so not only are you wrapping up a you know multiple decades worth of production, you're also wrapping up multiple decades worth of storytelling and across multiple different generations of characters like you mentioned that again with the MCU we're wrapping up 21 films but within those 21 films the generational gap between the characters is very small like we were introduced to what is going to be the torch carriers for the MCU Doctor Strange Captain Marvel Black Panther relatively you know recently whereas if you look at Star Wars you have specific generational characters that are separated by a long period of time within the universe so that is a completely different challenge i think than even the russo brothers have had to do with the 21 movies the amount of content undoubtedly leans towards the russo brothers and what they did with endgame 21 distinct films 21 storylines that played out in their individual movies but also it's had it's insane ends i mean it's, it's it up. literally insane yeah it's fucking crazy the way that they were able to do that expertly and literally like I got out of that film and I told my girlfriend, I, I was like, I don't I can't identify one thing that could have done better. Like, I cannot think of a single thing that they could have done better. And then after again, we preface this with spoilers after thinking about it. The only thing that I could think of that I would have added in there is at the end when we're at Tony's funeral and we're showing everybody and Nick Fury walks in I wanted to see Coulson walk in too that would well you
0: can't though based on Marvel TV and now I mean it is clearly looped
1: in because Coulson's gone oh I mean yeah I mean Coulson I mean in the last like it, season of, of he's gone yeah but then also in the trailer we see he's back <laughs> so yeah like- but he's not, that's not Coulson though that's a guy i know that's well basically
0: looks like him i know it's gonna be for, for now though at least that's what we know. yeah that's what we've been sold I, I know what you're saying but i i do believe that's based on the way the stories have been told there's no way colson could have appeared there. yeah i know that's like
1: after i thought about yeah i, was I mean thinking...
0: he he was i mean outside of this the stinger at the end of iron man one where you got fury i mean
1: colson probably interacted with tony more than any shield member exactly early so, on so it, it... I mean, it was an unfortunate turn of events the way that the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series played out and they played his story out that way because I think that would have been super good to see the person who essentially was the one who brought Tony Stark into this whole thing be there at his funeral. But, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has its own story to tell, like you said, from what we can tell on the trailers, Coulson... Or what looks like Coulson is, is back but is a bad guy and it may not even really be Coulson. Who knows? But that was the only thing that I could identify. With Star Wars, it's so hard because I've put out a theory around Anakin. I really do think that the involvement of that character in some form or fashion is needed in order to wrap up the nine films.
0: Oh, dude, I, I think you're spot on and I, I think it's it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I, I just I don't know what version we'll get if we're gonna get you know Hayden Anakin, half Vader half Anakin, something. But I I do I do agree with you. I mean if we're talking we got to sum up all eight movies, you can't do it without Anakin coming into play. Yeah,
1: and then you can't. It's it's odd because then you get into these weird you know. In my opinion Obi-Wan can be left out. Like in my opinion, Yeah, for I don't nine, care about
0: uh, Obi-Wan is
2: irrelevant.
1: Yeah, like Obi's story Obi-Wan's
0: always been a a side player. I mean, he's been one that he's been there to help at certain points, but it's never been about Obi-Wan. Yeah, like Obi's It's always been about the Skywalkers.
1: Obi's thread wrapped when Anakin redeemed himself at the end of episode 6. So there's no there's no reason to bring Obi back. And especially since it's now been, you know, put out there that the, the, the real true mentor to Luke is, is Yoda, Grandmaster Yoda, like we saw in TLJ, like that is, that is Luke's direct contact. That is his mentor, his go-to. So we don't need Obi-Wan back in any form or fashion. Um, It's, it's, it's a difficult, difficult task in front of JJ and Chris and Kathleen and, and Everybody involved. I in the guess. So, so, what I want to ask
0: you is, what are you gonna do if Rise doesn't resonate with you the way Endgame does?
1: That's such a hard question.
0: It's gonna be. I, I mean, people like us going into our first screen of Rise, it's gonna be impossible not to be an emotional mess. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess the question is, like, what if when the dust settles and you're sitting here and you go, like. Yeah, this didn't quite... I mean, because to me, I know Endgame is magic and it's going to be magic forever because there are there are moments just like in the original trilogy I can pick out where I know it's
1: going to work me over a bit. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I know the moments where it's going to... I mean, even, even four
0: fucking screenings in within a week. I mean, 12 hours of this movie within seven days' time. There are still certain moments even today where, I mean, it didn't hit me as hard as it did screening one or two. Where I still was like, "Ooh, yeah, okay, yes, this is a very well done piece of cinema." Yeah,
1: exactly, and like, it's.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's really the whole crux of me even bringing this topic up for discussion is, Endgame pulled it off with a a, in my opinion, a much larger scope in terms of narrative sewing. Uh, Yes, it had the benefit of having everything everything kind of recent in in everyone's memory and real no major fucking divisiveness, right? I mean, that's one thing the MCU has benefited from. I mean, yeah, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Thor 2 is pretty fucking dumb. But in the end, it's not a bad movie. It's still a good movie. I mean, it's not trash. Yeah. It's not a prequel. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We, We can agree that. Even the worst MCU film, if you wanted to throw out Incredible Hulk, it's still not on the level of an a, Attack of the Clones.
1: No, no. So I guess that, like, for me, if it if if I come out of Rise and I'm not feeling Endgame, I, I need to I need to be crying the entire runtime of Rise
0: is what I'm coming to realize. Yeah, yeah, and that's th- what I need. I need to literally be so emotionally destroyed that. I'm gonna have to see it four times just to get the whole movie in.
1: Yeah, to me, the the real level that I'm setting it to is I have to feel the same way coming out of Rise as I did when I was coming out of The Force Awakens, because in like probably three or four podcasts ago, we were going over like, well, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? And I said that I can make a legitimate argument that my favorite is The Force Awakens because of the way that it made me feel in the, in the theaters because of the emotions Damn, that it brought out within point. me. So like, I need to feel that for sure. Um, the end game thing is so like, I definitely want to make that, that, that link between these two films, but I'm almost like afraid to, because this movie, like you said, it seems perfect. Like, can you have something live up to this level of perfection? I do think episode nine of the
0: Sky Wars, Sky Wars. (laughs) Yeah, Sky Wars. Wars in the motherfucking sky. All right, whatever. Skywalkers. I mean, even though it's going to be a nine film saga, just the history to it, the fandom to it. Which is still ten times more rabid than even MCU fandom. Oh yeah, hell, even probably Marvel fandom overall. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't really think you have a Marvel celebration every year, do you? No, I mean, the, I mean, the, you have you have SDCC, but that, that you know that's everything. Yeah, that's the closest. Uh, you can. I do think the the just the the history behind Star Wars, the fandom behind the Skywalker saga even though it's not 21 movies, it still has the same weight and scope to
1: it. Yeah. Because of, of the history. Yeah. And oh man, it's, I, I do. So yeah, right? getting it's, down to it's, it. I do expect It's fucking, tough to think about. Like, I like, I can it, can it it do it. I think it can. I think it can because JJ fucking made it happen. And he's back. Like JJ made star Wars happen again in a way that nobody thought possible. Let's be real. Like, when Force Awakens was announced, people were apprehensive. Like there were people like me and Matt who we were pumped out of our minds. Like we were ready. We 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 had such a long time with no Star Wars. But then we walked into that theater, and it was beautiful. And it was everything that we could ever want a revival of Star Wars to be. And it showed out in the box office in a way that that made Disney say, you know what? We're gonna build a billion dollar park in in Florida <laughs> in California. We're gonna fucking we're gonna make movies until we can't we run out of ideas. And he made it happen. So if there is one person on this planet that I want in charge of the final Skywalker film, it's JJ Abrams. Yeah. Like he, he, he And I do, I do. I mean again, I, I just kinda threw this out there for
0: conversation. I do believe JJ and his cast and crew are going to pay off on it. Yeah. And I am expecting my first screening of The Rise of Skywalker to be an emotional mess. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I want that. I mean, because that's, I mean, Endgame, and I want it to be three hours long. That's the other thing I want. Like, bring it the fuck on. Like, if anything, Endgame's numbers, box office wise, should dispel any bullshit about movies being too long. Yeah. I mean, especially geeky or sci fi shit. I mean, they've proven that a three plus hour movie can make a billion dollars in a weekend worldwide.
1: Yeah. I mean, billion in a weekend. 1.78 billion. Get the fuck out of here. It's fucking great. JJ,
0: don't hesitate. Don't feel bad. Trust me, your fans will not care if this is a 4-hour movie. If you if you leave in just random bullshit scenes, we will not care. And and here's the thing
1: is, go for 3 hours if you feel like you have to to tell the story the right way. And I'm glad that you made the distinction that these are the same license holders because he's not going to be held back. Like if they let the Russo brothers go 3 hours with Endgame, nobody's telling JJ, "Whoa, pump the exactly. brakes. You're at 235." Like they're going to let him go. If he wants to go, they will let him go. And they'll encourage him to go. Because now, I really think that because of the way that Endgame blew up, this helps Oh, yeah,
0: d- 100%. 100%. That's what I was saying. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's proven now, people. You can have a three-hour movie about fake nonsense, and people will come to it in droves, and some
1: idiots will see it four times in a week. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, and like, look. Let me give you so like a breakdown in terms of numbers. It's still kind of I'm curious to see what what end games weekend two numbers are gonna look like because they're domestic right now sitting at 473 million. This is one week after one week of release.
0: The- Dude, I I don't think it's gonna lose its number one spot for the month of May. I mean, maybe Pikachu knocks it next week just because it's a Pokemon
2: bullshit. Nah. I'm, I doubt it. What I'm And then wondering, the week
0: after that you got John Wick three, but I still doubt it because that's going to be rated R. It's going to be limited in terms of who can see it. Yep. I I don't I don't see a movie on the horizon outside of maybe Lion King in, in June. Possibly <laughs> knock an endgame out of the number one spot. Do you think Dude, my my theater by me, I'm not kidding, today probably has 50 screenings still
1: oh yeah dude the, the screening numbers are crazy like they, they
0: start at nine in the morning i've never seen this theater start showing movies at nine in the morning they're still shown at nine in the morning a week later yeah
1: so here's my question foreign it's not even close like foreign endgame has already beat the force awakens um do you think that endgame will beat the domestic total of Force Awakens. Force Awakens' domestic total is oh, 936 dude, it, million.
0: At this point, the question is Is Endgame finally going to topple Avatar? That's that's the question I'm asking. Yeah. As the highest grossing box office movie of all time, Avatar is still in the number one spot, and there's reasons for that. I mean, I believe it was in theaters for almost a year, which you're, you're never going to get in this day and age. You're never going to get a movie even even endgame size staying in theaters for probably more than six months maybe four months tops yeah so So that to me that's the only thing that's going to limit endgame from being the highest grossing movie of all time so yes any questions in terms of is this going to win records yes
1: yeah i don't think i don't know dude like because Force Awakens is far in front of Avatar, in, in domestic U.S. gross, like it's uh, it's almost two hundred million dollars higher in domestic gross than Avatar, and that's with Avatar's second release. If we look at worldwide, yeah, like it's gonna be right now, like it's a billion dollars off from Avatar. That's a the Avatar did two. Two point seven eight.
0: Endgame's games only a billion off after a week. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Like I said, it's 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 gonna do it.
1: I think that like what's gonna propel this is that it, the foreign box office for this movie is like something we've never seen before. It, it's the highest
0: grossing uh, foreign film in China ever. Yeah. Already a week in. A week in. Yeah. Like it's
1: it's. <laughs> I mean, to so smash yes,
0: it. yes, it's probably gonna be DFA domestically, and it's probably gonna win out. And the only reason it won't is because they just don't keep movies in in theaters that long anymore. Yeah, so I'm, I, I I I can't tell you the last movie outside of Avatar that's been kept in a theater for close to nine months. Yeah, so it's it's just, it doesn't happen.
1: It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see how this like this next weekend is gonna is gonna tell a lot about whether this passes TFA domestically and whether it's gonna hit the top of the um the studio, like the worldwide box office. The funny thing is, dude, if you look at worldwide grosses all time, Disney has one, two, three, probably the four, top 10, five. At this point. It's got six in the top 10. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's got star Wars force awakens. Number three, infinity war. Number four Endgame right now is at number five. <laughs> then it's got, <laughs> it's a week old. Yeah. Then it's got the, the first Avengers movie is number seven. Then it's got Avengers Age of Ultron is number nine and Black Panther's number 10. Like, <laughs> like, do you think Kevin
0: fucking Feige? I mean, Feige literally should have at least $10 billion.
1: Yeah. Like, the, the amount of you money. You gotta that, be kidding me, man. The, yeah. The amount of money that he's made for Disney. This
0: guy's produced
1: 22 fucking
0: movies that have probably grossed. Close to ten million dollars.
1: Yeah, it's disgusting, dude. Just like
0: fucking crazy, man. (laughs) All done in eleven years,
1: dude. Rolling down this list, holy fucking
0: hell, like. And people trying to tell me that there's Star Wars fatigue. Fuck you yeah (laughs) the mcu has proven to everyone that there's no fucking thing as fatigue as long as you're putting out good content yeah i mean the mcu up until this year and hell even this year they're still rolling out three movies i think they're going to scale it back after this year because we're switching phases and kind of there's been a torch passing yep But really, for the past five years, right, Nick, we've had three MCU movies a year. You typically get an early spring, a summer, and maybe a late summer fall. Yeah. it's And that's what we're getting here. We got Captain Marvel, Endgame spider-man
1: yeah so they're just gonna keep fucking rolling. don't give me this
0: bullshit fucking lucas film like uh one movie a year fatigue we fucked up we got it no
1: you have to do better
0: that was just that was just piss poor planning and, and reading tea leaves on your fucking part
1: yeah like they can like,
0: don't, don't give me this bullshit that fans are, are worn out or fucking blown out from star wars movies fuck
1: off yeah so it's going to be interesting to see how I'm I'm I mean obviously we're excited for fucking for Rise of Skywalker. The expectations have definitely been raised though. Like
0: Oh, it, exactly. I mean they are already high, but after seeing Endgame for four times in a row now, they're super high. I mean, yeah. y- come on. Don't let me down here. Don't don't let the, the this little baby compared to you MCU outshine you in your greatest moment, Star
1: Wars. Yeah. So Looking forward to seeing Rise of Skywalker in the theaters, seeing if it could live up to the hype. Until then, we will continue to speculate. I, I'll tell you why I love that trailer on the big screen, though. I've oh, now seen man. it
0: in uh, Dolby Atmos, IMAX, IMAX 3D. I mean, just, fuck, I love that fucking trailer. It's so good. I mean, that, the, the opening 20 seconds or whatever, the, the, the duel in the desert, come on. I mean, that could be Rise of Skywalker, and I'd give it a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's so clear. Right, that's all we see is this that exchange.
1: Uh, I, I'm ready. And on the note of speculation, though, our Tuesday cast will continue the speculations from last Tuesday's right. cast. So last Tuesday, we talked about a little bit of Palpatine theories. How could he come back? Matt was talking about this Dart or what was it Palpatine, like uh, Voldemort Palpatine or Darth yeah, Voldemort? Dar- Darth, Darth Voldemort. Yeah, so a lot a lot of theories on how he could come back and what is the the way that he makes his It got, it his got Nick
0: thinking in. a little bit. So yeah,
1: at the end of that podcast, I told people to keep an eye out on StarWarsTime.net that there would be a piece up, more speculation from me around what this MacGuffin could be. We keep hearing about there's going to be a MacGuffin in the beginning of the movie that's going to bring the First Order and the Resistance together and then that thing is going to lead them to The greater journey of the movie. I've put out a piece today, dropped about an hour before we started recording. Today's Friday, May 3rd. So by the time if you're listening to this and you haven't read it yet, you're not a real fucking SWT fan. That's right. Go read this because this article, this piece of speculation I put out, I almost feel good enough to say take it to the bank oh shit because he just pulled out a take it to the bank this is
0: it Uh
1: we posted it up on on instagram already today one six shooter one of our top five instagram members from this week posted on it he commented and said you know what i think this is it this is a good theory it's a way that we can tie up pieces of star wars canon that have never been put in the movies before so go read this article which pretty much means it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think it's a perfect explanation. So if you know what a holocron is, go give this article a read. Give us your feedback. Give us your if feedback If you don't, on why this. the fuck are you listening
0: to a Star Wars time podcast? Yeah,
1: like, come on. It's never... <laughs> I mean... Let's go. Like, everybody knows what mean, a holocron
0: is. This is definitely a, a podcast for a niche, niche type of group here. So,
1: yes. Go read the articles. Go comment and like the youtube videos go follow the social channels matt take us home buddy
0: all right i was gonna say nick nick's kind of doing my thing which is much appreciated because <laughs> i'm the one that usually sounds like fucking a, a dirty salesman here at the end of the podcast or billy mays where i'm like hey <laughs> matt here for star wars time show we will clean it we will wax it we will rub it we will scrub it for 9.99 it's free free no, nah, but in all serious, we, we love you people. I mean, that's why we do what we do, because we love Star Wars, and there's always time for Star Wars time. That's what we've been saying since we launched this venture back in November of 2018. Uh, first and foremost, we want to thank every one of you that's been interacting with us, dropping comments, leaving DMs on Instagram. Trust me, we got a great one this week, kind of letting us know, like, hey, stick with it, guys. We're digging it. We've loved it so much we started diving back into your old shows back when we were still on the EB. I mean, that's that's why we do this. That's why we live. That's why we breathe. That's why we break out our lightsabers on Friday to wing it around and talk all things Star Wars. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep bringing that feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. I mean, if you got topics you think we're missing, please bring them up. If we're fucking shit up, let us know. We may not fix it because in the end, I don't give a fuck. Uh, but we do appreciate the feedback we have been getting, so keep it going. Keep those ratings going, the reviews, the likes, the subs, just like Nick was saying. Uh, it all goes a long way. I mean, we're, we're not sitting here. We're not busting out the, 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 the Patreon yet. We're not begging for money. All we're doing is asking you to, you know, if you like what we do, give us a little love, the, the, the easy stuff. The non-monetary type of stuff. Just the the interactions, the likes, the comments, the ratings, reviews. It will help us excel. Alright, my friends, as Nick said, we'll be coming at you, uh, well, hell, if you're listening to this fresh on a Tuesday, by tomorrow, we're going to have a his Holocron special topic, so make sure you're keeping those browsers tuned to StarWarsTime.net. That's the best way to keep on top of everything we're putting out throughout the week that could be news posts star wars art posts web gems that i cook up collectibles type of stuff rants raves speculations and just the podcasts so i mean we got our youtube stuff on there the podcast subscription links we just filed to be added to TuneIn and spotify so hopefully those will be approved and we'll have even more platforms for you to listen to the star wars time show on All right, people, you got all that? You got your homework for next week? Well, let me add some more. I mean, if you are a Star Wars artist, make sure if you're on Instagram to tag us, hashtag Star Wars Time Show, or just at Star Wars Time Show. We'll hit you. Or I might just find it and share it anyways, because in the end, it doesn't matter. We're not in it for us. We're in it for you. We're in it for Star Wars, because there's always time for Star Wars Time. May the Force be with you, my friends, always.